Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And the Sports Map Radio Network. I am joined, as always, by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker. I'm back, full crew. It's good to be back. How are we? I'm just going to clap a little slow clap. Our Arash is finally back, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just like that you're back to be honest with you. So I, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, it's only gonna, because of that. Going to be a fun week. I'm sure Nashville is great. Glad to have you back. Yeah, if, if, the, uh, if the NBA draft is Brandon's Christmas, today was mine. So MLB trade deadline, fun day. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely a good one. I just have a quick question for you, Rosh. How was the Ric Flair uh, last match? Because on like Twitter and stuff, it looked, <laughs> it looked, it looked absurd. Cool. It looked absurd. Yeah. But if um, you know Ric Flair, it, pro- it looked amazing to me. It was incredible. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I was at Ric Flair's last real match. The way that I viewed it was there was the Michael Jordan last shot in the NBA Finals against the Utah Jazz, and then there was the Michael Jordan last actual game when he was with the Washington Wizards. This is what that was. I mean, Ric Flair is 73 years old. He really should not have been in the ring. Great to see him. The Undertaker was there, Brett the Hitman Hart was there, Mick Foley. So if you're like an old school fan like me, like you were marking out, you were just like thinking, oh, this is incredible. So a fun weekend, told all my single friends out there, Nash Vegas is where you have to go. I mean, I've (laughs) heard about Nashville, have never gone there myself, and I will be back there soon enough when I can, because I had a blast. It's a fun town, it's a fun place to go, so... And then um, got to hang out with Dwight Howard, future WWE superstar. We'll see if that ends up happening. But, I mean, he did a pretty good job, I thought, in his tryout. Um, But, yeah, it was a fun weekend. Glad to be back. With that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. One of the biggest deals in baseball history went down today, guys, as the San Diego Padres agreed to a deal to acquire superstar outfielder Mr. Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell uh, from the Washington Nationals. The Padres are 12 games behind the Dodgers for the NL West lead, but they have 
fourth best record in the National League. How does this deal change expectations for the Padres this season and moving forward uh, with Soto now teaming up with Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado? I love it. I mean, I think this is great when you have a team like the Padres, and I will consider San Diego in the term of being compared to Los Angeles and to San Francisco, a small market, but they are going for it. I love it. They, they have now assembled three of the best players in my view, but the Juan Soto deal was big because a year ago, if you remember, they wanted Max Scherzer very badly, and it was reported that it was the, the, the deal was almost done, and then the Dodgers swooped in, got Scherzer. Now they got their guy. They got Juan Soto, and not only do they get Juan Soto, we have a big series coming up. Dodgers, Padres, a little excited to hear how Dodger fans embrace Juan Soto. Not really, of course, but listen, I mean, this is the, the beauty of this, Jihei, when we started this show two years ago, I said we are on the verge of a Dodgers Padres. Uh, you know, I mean, they're going to go at it like the with like the Yankees and the Red Sox. It didn't happen a year ago. I think we're back to it happening. They're not going to win the division this year, but this is shaping up for the next few years. Hopefully, and again, this is good for the game to have the Dodgers versus the Padres, Los Angeles versus San Diego, the battle for Southern California and supremacy in the National League. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think this is a great deal. I think the Padres really wanted to beat the Dodgers to this one. The Dodgers probably could have made a deal, but they would have had to give, an, give up a lot, and I think they didn't need to, especially if they think they're going to re-sign Trey Turner. Now, if they lose Trey Turner, this was a big miss by the Dodgers because then, you know, who do you extend? Walker Bueller? I mean, his stats have been down every single season, and it's like, okay, who do you have? In the, I mean, Freddie Freeman, yeah, they got Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts still, but they really now need to prioritize re-signing Trey Turner. I think it's definitely a possibility. I mean, but look, this is guy, this guy's a generational hitter. He's first in walks, 408 OBP, which is remarkable considering his batting average is 246. So, I mean, this guy gets walked. He is an amazing approach, possibly the best approach we've seen at least since Barry Bonds at the plate just in the way he takes pitches and can get on base at the same time I agree with the Rosh I think this is the now Padres Dodgers but don't count out the Giants in the next couple of years they got Marco Luciano coming up they got a bunch of guys and prospects uh, Zaidi their GM is one of the best in the world the Giants so the Giants are still going to be a part of that as well so I think this is going to be a three-team um, division for the next couple of seasons and Arizona will get there eventually with their prospects but the Dodgers should not be completely mad, especially if they can re-sign Trey Turner, because they're still the best team in this division by by a mile, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Monsoto, right? Modern-day Ted Williams, as many people are calling him. I mean, the Padres gave up a lot, and it didn't seem like a lot uh, in the original report that didn't include Mackenzie Gore and, and uh, Eric Hosmer, but, you know... Mackenzie Gore, former number one pitching prospect in all of baseball, didn't yep. have the smoothest progression through the minor leagues, but still young, has plenty of time to figure it out at the major league level. Robert Hassel, who we've talked about on the show before, you and I think is one of the more underrated. I mean, he's the number. I mean, I think, I think he's, he's a perennial number, all-star. He's a top twenty prospect in baseball. Correctly. Yeah, and we still think he's an underrated prospect. C.J. Yeah. Abrams was a guy who's who's had some major league experience, one of their top shortstop prospects. Um, and this guy James Wood, who many pro yeah. many Padres officials consider him and him and Hassel to be you know their 1a 1b prospects uh six eight outfielders just mm -hmm. mashes and mashes he's fast, fast. And, can, and can yeah. move so i mean this is one of the biggest hauls that we've seen in mlb trade history but i mean you're now gonna have 
top four in the Padres order of Tati, Soto, Machado, and I mean, Josh Bell's no scrub. Josh Bell's hitting yeah, they got Josh this too. year. Yeah. Um, all of his offensive numbers are pretty much career high. Some of them are below his 2019 All-Star season uh, with Pittsburgh, where he just went off for a phenomenal year. But he's hitting 301, uh, 14 home runs, switch hitter. Um, career high on base percentage at 384 right now. This is a huge deal. I think it works out well for both sides. As we said, Dodgers could have got it done if they wanted to, but I mean, it's much easier to be the team on top and and, and sit around and hold on hold on to your prospects. I also be the team that that needs to make the move. Yeah, I also think this sets up the Padres to kind of win the wild card, um, you know, format and then maybe play the Dodgers at some point. Man, that would be a great series, kind of like the Giants Dodgers last season. They have a pitching staff that can go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers, especially if Blake Snell continues to pitch better. I know the last couple games he's been pitching well, but overall this season has had a down year. Musgrove's been balling out. Hugh Darvish has been up and down, but he's been usually good. And they got Josh Hader now. This was an underrated deal yesterday. They have a really good baseball team. They should be the best wildcard team, but they're not even close to the Dodgers, in my opinion, right now. That was going to be my question. In terms of them, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets, where would you guys have them? I'd say, I'd say I mean, Jake knows my thoughts on this. I think the Braves are one, the Dodgers two. I know the Dodgers have a much better record. I'm just saying, like, for a playoff series. I think the Braves are one, the Dodgers are two, the Mets are three, and the Padres are four right now. I know you're going to yeah, say Dodgers. No, won. I think the Dodgers. Are, I think the Dodgers are one in terms of Dodgers Padres. I don't think the Padres pitching staff, whether it's the rotation or the bullpen, is is anywhere near what the Dodgers have going on right now. You know, they got they have the names. You know, it's Mike Clevenger, you Darvish, Blake Snell. But Darvish has been very very iffy this year. Blake Snell either looks like he's Cy Young himself or looks like Patrick Corbin, who has the worst numbers yeah. of any starter in the National League this year. You never know what you're going to get there. So I think the Dodgers are just a little bit more fine-tuned if that makes sense you know they kind of got the, the the rough edges strained out a little bit um but in terms of the rest of the league i think the mets and the braves are probably god this this offense the padres the padres are in a playoff spot and they haven't t- fernando tatis hasn't touched the touch yeah. the field this year and they're just acquired juan soto so i don't know what this offense is going to look like it could be one of the most dangerous offenses we I, see. I, I will in, say in this baseball. before we move on real quick. I know I mentioned last week I, I think only the Braves could beat the Dodgers in a playoff series. I retract that statement with Jacob DeGrom coming back to pitch today. I really do think the Mets with their rotation DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, and Walker and Bassett and Walker have been fantastic. They could definitely beat the Dodgers in a playoff series. So then where do you rank them then? Oh, I still I still rank so, the Mets three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we talked about rivalry earlier with the Dodgers and the Padres, but the Dodgers beat our, the real rival of the San Francisco Giants yesterday and their ace, Logan Webb, last night, cruising to an 8-2 and two victory. James Outman yet again had a great game going 2-2 two for two with a walk, and both Trey Turner and Max Muncy homered. With the Dodgers clicking on all cylinders, can they be stopped in the National League this season? Guys? I think they are the best team, and I think that the way that they're playing right now and the way that, um, again, guys that they kind of picked up during the, the season, whether it's the culture, whether they have something to prove. I mean, like, uh, a, a guy like a Trace Thompson's playing extremely well. So there's there, there's no need for them to make this deal. And again, would they have loved to have had Juan Soto? Of course, but when you're 12 games up on the the, the on the division, the best team right now, I believe, in baseball. Again, if you recall, guys, uh, at the beginning of the season, we're talking about the Yankees being the best team and could they win like 100 and some odd games. Like the Dodgers right now, as we sit here today, have the best mark in baseball. So 
there was no need for them to make some crazy trade. Again, I would have loved to have had Juan Soto, but there's no need for a team that's this close together, tight-knit clubhouse, the best team right now. I think that they will win the National League. I think that they will win the World Series. So, listen, I would have loved to have had Juan Soto, but I, I don't. I agree with you. The Braves are going to be tough. The Mets will be tough. I don't want to see the Padres right now because, again, you guys mentioned it. Fernando Tatis Jr. will be back at some point this season. Juan Soto is about to join this team. They already got uh, Machado. I mean, this is a very deep team. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't I wouldn't say that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. I honestly I'm I'm pretty confident that they don't win the World Series. I, I'm one of the I'm the odd man out in this room. I think even if they get to the World Series, which they have a good shot, Houston's better and the Yankees are better right now. The Yankees just got Montes, they just got Ben Attendi, uh, Astros just got Mancini and Christian Vasquez, and they had a catcher who really couldn't hit in Maldonado before. Those are two dangerous teams, and I know the rotation is probably better for the Dodgers, but those are line. Those are lineups and well-coached teams that could definitely take. I mean, it's going to be hard for the Dodgers, but they have the best shot they've had in the past couple of seasons this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's much easier to say that they're not going to win the World Series than they will, considering. I mean, it's the percentages. It's, yeah, percentages. Being I mean, a stats guy, you it's, know, it's, no. it's, it's, it's baseball. <laughs> anything can happen. That being said, I think it all comes down to health for this team. A lot of teams. I mean, we've talked about the Padres getting their guys back. Um, the Dodgers, it seems to be a few more question marks with guys like Blake Trinan, Tommy Canley, um, Dustin May. Exactly when we're going to see these guys. I mean, they've had the depth all year to be able. I mean, they have the best record in the National League. What are they half a game back of the Yankees yeah. for the best record in baseball? I mean, they're getting it done with these guys on the shelf. Um, I think it only makes them more dangerous when these guys come back. And if they can lock down the back end of that bullpen, which I think is their biggest weakness at this current point in time, then I think they're going to be fine. As long as they do what they're supposed to do and no one collapses like A.J. Pollock did in last and, you know, in the playoffs a couple years ago, um, no one just completely shuts off. I think that they have enough pieces where they'll be fine moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on, um, Russell Westbrook is moving on. He's found new representation in Jeff Schwartz from Excel. Schwartz has negotiated substantial buyouts recently with LaMarcus Aldridge and Campbell Walker. Does this indicate that the Lakers at some point soon will move on from Westbrook and have his new representation discuss a buyout? Let's hope. That's a great question. I don't get the sense that the team is at that point where they would just not have them. But listen, if, if, if that happens, that means that LeBron Ron and Russell Westbrook and that team cannot coexist. And Las Vegas was the first time that I began to think, like, could that be the case? Like, when you're sharing the same court and you can't look at each other, you can't shake hands, you can't, like, I mean, again, if things are to the point where the Lakers believe that just the presence of Westbrook would like affect the team, then yes, they may move in that direction. Again, remember, when you see reports of a Russell Westbrook trade, the majority of these trades are not for the team that will be acquiring him to keep him. It is to buy him out. So again, just because he's got Schwartz doesn't mean that the, that the Lakers will do a buyout. The majority of the teams that he's being if they do a trade to the Pacers or if they do a trade to the Jazz or some other team, that, that, that team is not looking to keep him. So, again, this is not just for the Lakers. I get the sense that with Ham, they'll, they'll try to make something work. I know that they would not 
want to. I know that they want to make a deal, and I, I have, and again, I, I don't know whether I'm cautiously optimistic or, or I do think at some point in time a deal will happen. But again, don't view the sh- the Schwartz hiring as a deal, as a buyout with the Lakers. It'll most likely be a buyout be with a the trade. team he gets traded to. Yeah, um, and it's funny that it's funny this is brought up because I'm, I'm uh, I have an article coming out tomorrow about the halt that we're all seeing in the NBA. A lot of this movement won't be. It won't be concluded until Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that situation is figured out in Brooklyn, and Donovan Mitchell's situation is figured out in Utah. They kind of have the league at their disposal. I don't know. I'm getting more and more inclined to think that Westbrook will be a Laker. The more more I see this, unless Kevin Durant has an absolute reluctance, which he might, this is very likely, he might to play with Kyrie Irving next season. I mean, it's looking more likely that Kevin Durant will be a net. You know, I mean, as time goes, I mean, I know that the Nets do want a package and they do want to trade him, but I don't know. And this Westbrook thing, like, I don't think he's bought out. I agree with Arash. I think if he's back, they try and make something work before trading him at the deadline or something. You know, that's kind of what Darvin Ham does. He doesn't run from the grind. He's a Damian Lillard type. He likes to stay and like work with stuff. You know what I'm saying? So. I, it's, it's a tough situation, but I, I agree that this, this hire was indicative of Westbrook finding a buyout somewhere else, not with the Lakers. Yeah, I don't know exactly how um, how this will go down, but I don't I don't think that Westbrook being bought out by the Lakers does does anybody really good any like and you know the Lakers if the money's on the books the money's on the books you may as well bring him on with a new head coach and try and figure it out. Um, but yeah, if he's going to get bought out, I don't think it's by the Lakers. I think it's by a team that he gets traded to, as you guys have said. Whether that can happen, um, if there's any options that they haven't already explored, I mean, that's yet to be seen. But at this point, it's, it feels more and more like Russell Westbrook's going to be on the roster on opening night, and Kyrie and KD are going to be you know, in Brooklyn. I feel like we haven't talked about this in a couple days where we were talking about it, something new every single morning for like a two-week span. Let's not forget how crazy it was getting towards the end of the season with basically Westbrook being booed by the fans and rightfully so I mean he was playing terribly you go into a new season with Russell Westbrook on your roster opening night comes around and all of a sudden let's say he has a bad performance this can start off so ugly and you set such a bad precedent I I still think even though I don't know how it happens. I don't know how they keep him. I, I know, Brandon, you've been saying that pretty much the entire I, offseason. I don't know how they keep him. I don't know how they get rid of him, I though. Also, That's the problem. But yeah, but yeah, but it's also important to note, like, every everybody wants Rob to give up two firsts, but I don't think you need to because I don't think Brooklyn wants Kyrie back, and I don't think that the, the long-term cap situation for the Pacers, I don't think they want Buddy Heald back, and they include Miles Turner in a deal. He's not a part of the long-term picture re-signing Jalen Smith. I think it's just how much can you get from the Lakers at this point, and at some point, Arash is right. He, Rob Palenka probably does give up the first two rounds, two first round picks but i certainly wouldn't as gm i certainly would not and guys real real quick before we talk about uh you know who we're gonna have in the next segment big story here the national football league has stripped the miami dolphins of their 2023 first round pick and fined the team one and a half million dollars for tampering they were trying to get tom brady and sean payton this is tampering is something that we're going to have to kind of touch on a lot because I know the leagues have been trying to investigate, talk to teams. 
I'm gonna get your guys' quick take on this. Can the league really do something about this? By the way, I wanna congratulate or at least give credit to, because when you dock a team a first round pick, so the so the the the, the Dolphins got docked a first round pick in 2023 and a 2024 third round pick, the $1.5 million fine is not that big of a deal, but listen, First round picks, especially in the National Football League, Valuable. when you're talking about a team that's not that good, means a ton. I'm surprised he didn't get stripped too because of um, you know the way he treated Flores and the way that he was like racially um, oppressed yeah. in that organization as well. But at the same time, yeah, I mean this is huge doc. The NFL's trying to make up and do something good for something they allowed to happen yesterday that was just ridiculous. But uh, I think this is, sets a good precedent if you give up, you know doc first round picks for it yeah i mean i do too i just love that they got they got uh punished for tampering for a quarterback they didn't get and a coach <laughs> they didn't get yeah so it's good they, i like it it was all for all for nothing they didn't do but, that in the nba but yeah i mean you have to set the president that you know a first round pick in the nfl is definitely more valuable than you know a late first round pick in the nba or an mlb first round pick um so i think i think it does make make a lot of sense what they've done here it's going to be interesting to see what kind of precedent this sets, like you guys were mentioning, because they're investigating the Sixers with James Harden. They're investigating the Knicks with Jalen Brunson. I don't know if the leagues look at what the other league's punishments are and, and use it as a precedent, but I mean, this is uh, an ongoing issue in all major sports, and honestly, even if we don't hear about it, it's always going to occur, so I don't, I don't understand the big the big issue especially like you said jake they didn't even get the quarterback so <laughs> how much how much deep investigating does the nba have to do on brunson i feel like i could go <laughs> exactly. on i feel like i could go on twitter and put together a portfolio i mean leon really rose's first client was brunson's father really incriminating yeah. evidence yeah it's out there exactly i mean but i again we can kind of joke and wink wink and say that that it happens but if you're gonna do something yes a first round pick first and a third that means something okay let's leave it there for now when we come back we'll be joined by our good friend dave smith when we return right here on the mightier 1090 in southern california the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network we'll be right back with the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right. 
Let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with 12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit circusports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend, the sports guy himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? What's up, Arata, everybody? Good to Hi, have you back, Dave. Dave, uh, trade deadline, big a story today. The San Diego Padres going for it. They're going all in. They get Juan Soto. Again, the, the Dodgers were a part of these talks. Again, they, they're, they're 12 games up on the division, so maybe no need for them to go out and get Juan Soto. Your thoughts on Juan Soto going to the San Diego Padres? Well, that's a, it's a good day to be a Padres fan and to be in Southern California. A uh, 23-year-old uh, kid with, with, a, with a world of upside and has had a great career already. Even though he's only hitting 246 this year, uh, he hits, I think he is hitting three, he hit 315 in July and had a good month bouncing back a little bit. Now when you get Tatis back along with Machado and Soto, that's awfully dangerous there if you're the Padres. Now, question is going to be their starting pitching and, of course, the bullpen come playoff time. And I, I think they're up two right now in the wild card race, so... Um, I still don't think they have enough, even with Soto, but uh, how dangerous are they on offense right now with the teeth back? Yeah, Dave, I wanted to ask you about the Angels, of course, curse of the sports god, but uh, you bring it up. But look, they didn't trade Shohei Otani, not going to. They said they're going to keep him. Is there any chance, regardless of the bad luck they've had and the awful management and awful player development that they've had, that they can field a winner next year and convince at least Otani to consider staying? What would they need to do? I guess you think so. every year on paper it looks like they can win. Uh, when you have Mike Trout and you have Shohei Otani and uh, when they get, have a guy like Rendon who's going to be back next year, but uh, you, you just have to say no with the incompetence of this organization and the uh, and the starting pitching not being good enough. I think this is, they're going to have to get that starting pitching in the bullpen better than it has been. And other than that... Uh, Boy, now you've got a real problem with Trout with this spinal injury here. Now, he, he says it's a bit overblown and he's going to be fine the rest of his career, but when you're dealing with an issue like a spine with a guy who's 31 years old, and we brought it up last week that um, he can't turn around on that high fastball anymore. And yeah. uh, it looks like the bat speed isn't what it used to be, and the injuries are starting to pile up. And even if you do want to trade him with the spine injury now and $300 million owed to him over the next eight years, he wouldn't be an easy guy to move. Now I wanted to ask you as well about the National League. Uh, The Padres, you mentioned, are going to be better. The Dodgers are, of course, still good. Now they have to extend Trey Turner. That's got to be a priority since they didn't acquire Soto. Do you think that the Mets or the Braves have a chance to, not only have a chance, but have a good chance to beat the Dodgers and the Padres in the playoffs this season? With the Grom coming back and, yeah. Yeah, if DeGrom can come back strong, and the, and the Braves did it last year, although you know that's when they had Freddie Freeman, who's having a good year with the Dodgers this year, but sure. Uh, it's all going to come down to that starting pitching in the postseason, and uh, there's no such thing as a five-man rotation anymore. Usually uh, that fifth starter goes to the bullpen come playoff time, or uh, uh, it becomes a spot starter, and then it's going to fall again on, uh, on Clayton Kershaw. It's going to have to come through in the postseason, which he rarely does, so that's going to be the problem for the Dodgers. Dave, the, the Yankees missed out on Luis Castillo, but then went out yesterday and, and acquired Frankie Montas from the Oakland A's, um, kind of that number two starter that they've been looking looking to find on the market. Are they still the team to beat in the American League, or the Astros, um, given their acquisitions, you know, going to be that number one team come October? Uh, 
You'd have to say Yankees, I guess, with Aaron Judge on pace for uh, for, for for sixty home run season at least. But looking at the Astros team, uh, what, what what do you guys think about their starting pitching at, at, compared to the Yankees? And you know, in, in a short series and with uh, you know only using your top four starting pitchers, uh, would the Astros have the edge over the Yankees? I mean, in terms of their starting pitching, Justin Verlander, I mean, just gets better yeah. every Framber, single year. Valdez. Coming off of a major surgery. Uh, Framber Valdez been pretty good. Luis Garcia has had a, kind of an up-and-down year. I think the Yankees starting pitching with Garrett Cole, now Frankie Montas. I don't know what you're going to get out of Severino if he comes what back. What about Cortez? Yeah, you got Nestor. I prob- Tyone, I probably, Tyone, too. I'd probably give the Yankees the edge. I'd give the Astros the edge. Verlander, you're going to have to face Verlander at least twice in a seven-game series. Yeah, right? very true. You Cole, think that would be an advantage for the Astros. Ever since they got rid of Stick, uh, you know, Spider Tack, Cole really isn't hasn't been as reliable as good as he's been. Yep. Verlander's been better. So I mean, I would say the Astros because you're going to have to face Framber at least once, Verlander twice, and I yep. I can guarantee you at least one of those guys, Urquidy. Uh, Garcia or you know any any of those guys they all for whatever reason they all step up in playoff series always do I don't know how they do it but the Astros every single season they step up these guys in big games they do yeah do you think uh, what was it a couple of years ago when the Dodgers had a deal done for Justin Verlander and at the last second uh, they, yeah, he's getting a little older and he's coming off an injury. Maybe he's on the downside a little bit. And they, they pulled out of it at the last second. That probably cost him that World Series against the Astros two or three years ago. Well, I bet they wish they had that one back. Dave, I, I wanted to transition really quick to NFL because training camps are going on and a lot is happening. In terms of the NFL MVP odds, I'm reading right now, according to sportsbetting.com, um, we have Josh Allen in first place, Patrick Mahomes second, Brady third, Rogers fourth, Herbert fifth. Where are you leaning wow. in terms of NFL MVP odds or the winner of the MVP for next season? Uh, well, that's, it, was, it was Josh Allen, Brady, uh, Mahomes, and what were the other two? Rogers and Herbert. And then oh, right after Herbert, that is yeah. Burrow and, and Wilson. Um. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Tom Brady. Uh, I think the fact that he uh, retired and came back, and uh, maybe this is his last run here. I'm gonna roll the dice here and go uh, go for a Tom Brady MVP. I'll give you a long shot here, an extremely long shot. I like would be Jameis Winston with oh, wow. the Saints because he had 15 touchdowns and only three interceptions when they started out five and two last year. You know, and they beat Tampa Bay in that game where he got her. He was really good last year. It looked like he'd solved those interception problems and bad de- and bad decision problems, especially when he got his eyes fixed and he could see a little bit better. <laughs> you you had Michael Tom. I mean, remember, he, he had eye surgery and he was colorblind and had depth perception problems, and that was a big problem for him early in his career. You had uh, Michael Thomas and uh, uh, Chris Olave, and uh, and who knows about the Kamara suspension and the best defense in the NFL. I think that's a good live dog there for MVP. Even with their, uh, so uh, I don't entirely agree with you. Only because uh, Tampa's O line is missing one of their best um, yep. in their in their center right now. So would you still take Tom Brady, even though he has because he is forty five years old, low and slow, cannot run. I, I like <laughs> I, I love I love me some Tom Brady, but I mean that's that, that's I feel like that's a huge stretch. You just described me. Maybe I should come back <laughs> and play in the NFL. 
right now. Um, yeah, probably. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm right. I just have a feeling Tom Brady's going to – and he had a great year last year. So, And, you know, with Aaron Rodgers losing his best receiver, uh, I got a Brady feeling this year. But I, I, I'm telling you, watch out for the Saints this year. As far as Super Bowl and Jameis Winston, I, I love this team. They're playing under the radar. Nobody's talking about them. Yeah, no, that I definitely agree with. I, I, I think that everybody should be on the lookout for them, but I don't think that they're going – and they'll, they're going to exceed expectations. I just don't think that they're going to be, like, massively playoff worthy or anything like that. Well, they, they went 9-8 and eight last year, and um, they would have made the playoffs if the 49ers hadn't scored two touchdowns that late in the fourth quarter against the Rams. And, how many wins does that translate to with Michael Thomas and Olave and some of the additions they've made this year? Dave, I just want to let you know really quickly before Armand jumps in. Um, if you if you're look if you're looking for a big year out of Jameis, he is currently has the second best odds at plus five hundred to win uh, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Wow! Behind Derrick okay. Henry at plus four hundred, Christian McCaffrey. Wait plus a second, how is Derrick Henry? He played in the playoff game. I'm just telling. I'm just telling how you is he, what gonna, I'm how is he gonna be Comeback Player on, of the Year? I'm he played like ten duel. games, got hurt, and then came back for the playoffs. He already came back. I'm just letting you know what the odds are. <laughs> I'm not the odds maker. He's like, don't shoot the best. Well, what odds can I get on Tom? What odds can I get on Brady for comeback player that you're coming out of retirement? <laughs> should be higher odds than Henry. It should be more yeah. reliable than Henry. I saw a tweet this morning that said, "So far this offseason, Tom Brady has retired, unretired, signed a 10-year deal with Fox, and now been hit for tampering." With and the Angels still haven't made the playoffs. <laughs> Man, that is a good line there, boy. That isn't that the truth. Dave, we had uh, news just break in terms of the Miami Dolphins. The NFL is stripping the Dolphins of their 2023 first-round pick. They're being fined. Owner Stephen Ross, $1.5 million for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. This is coming after a few days ago the NBA was looking into tampering involving the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden's new contract, the Knicks with Jalen Brunson's new contract. What are your overall thoughts on tampering in sports leagues do you find it to be a big issue? Do you find it to be something that can be stopped in any way, shape, or form? Or do you think this is just something that we kind of live with? And, and do you think that it's going to impact the Dolphins in a major way? Yeah, losing the first-round pick will be big for them. But it, it, I find it fascinating how certain teams they go after for tampering and, and some they don't. And you guys all know this goes on constantly all the time but with, with every team in professional sports. They're always going through back channels and doing things, you know, where they don't have to actually contact agents. And they go around with friends, uh, friends of friends, and, uh, and put the feelers out there. This tampering goes on 365 days a year. So it's funny to me how, how they pick certain ones to go after and certain ones they don't go after. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of the NBA ones, do you think that anything will come from that? Because obviously the Knicks, it was blatantly obvious about the Jalen Brunson stuff. And what, and what about Lonzo Ball last Lonzo season? Ball did last that ever season. come to fruition? I don't think it did. I don't think the Bulls ever got punished for that. They exactly. were looking into it. It was. I don't think they ever resolved that issue. But and then and then with the Harden one, he takes fifteen million dollars less, but he's also having side conversations with Michael Rubin and who knows what those side conversations in the Hamptons were about um, I, it, it has yeah. to be kind of it, it can't be that difficult to slide some money under the table I don't want to accuse anybody but um, what do you think about the NBA ones the tampering um, 
Now, Harden says that, uh, you know, he just wants to win and he wants the Philadelphia 76ers to, to help them personnel-wise, which is kind of difficult to believe. Uh, I think they just weren't going to go any more than two years on him anyway. What's he going to be, 33 next year? I believe And he's been so, overweight yeah. and he's a little bit on the downside. They would have been crazy to give him a max deal at, at five years. So I, don't, you, don't you guys think you've got to be pretty stupid to get caught if you're tampering? I mean, uh, if you know what you're doing and go through back channels and cover your tracks here, it's awfully difficult to, to make a tampering charge stick with how many times have they gone after teams for tampering and actually – punish them severely it it doesn't happen often yeah dave i wanted to ask you i have an unpopular opinion here regarding the lakers i do not think they need to give up two first round picks i don't think they should for a guy that the nets don't want in kyrie irving they do not want him i think that's known or indiana they don't want Buddy Heald, salary cap reasons, long-term. And it doesn't look like they want to keep Turner either. I'm uh, certainly not opposed to it, but uh, recent reports have said Turner doesn't want to stay either. They signed Jalen Smith. He's kind of not in the long-term picture. Do you agree with the Lakers' stance here? I know we're at a halt until the KD situation is, is comes to fruition, but I personally agree with the Lakers' front office. It's an unpopular opinion. I used to say F them picks and give them up, but I don't think you need to. I, this is a cat-and-mouse game. I don't think you need to. Well, not for Buddy Heald, uh, that's for sure. I mean, he, he's kind of a one-dimensional shooter. He's a pretty good player. Not for him. Uh, you know, you'd be tempted maybe with Kyrie, although he's such a pain in the rear end and a, and a diva. I, I don't know if I would do the two for him. I, I tend to come on your side a little bit on this one, and I think it's interesting that the um, that the, the Laker organization seems to be standing up to LeBron and uh, Rich Paul for the first time here because you know LeBron's going to be 38 next year. What does he care about first-round picks five years and seven years from now? He'd want to do this thing in a heartbeat. If he were still running the organization here, which he has been, I think this deal would have already been done for Kyrie Irving. 100%. Speaking of LeBron, Dave, he is going to be contract extension eligible. I believe it's either tomorrow it's or Thursday. Thursday. Thursday yep. um, and that contract extension is going to be massive, similar to, to the ones that we saw from Damian Lillard, similar to the ones that we saw from Bradley Beal. Do you think that there will be any hesitation from either party in terms of a contract extension, either from the Lakers' side or from LeBron's side? Well, he says... His ultimate goal is he wants to play with his son, Bronny, who won't be eligible to play in the NBA under the current rules until 24 to be a out here at Sierra Canyon and one year of college. That's assuming he's good enough, which I have doubts about with him because I've seen him play several times in high school. Uh, would he go long-term uh, because he said he'll play for the league minimum. It's not about money at that point. In two years, he wants to play for his son. And he said, wherever Bronny goes, that's where I'll be. So, uh, you think he, he might go like a one-and-one one or maybe a two-with-one-year option like, like he used to do in Cleveland and uh, keep, keep it more short-term for huge money with, with his son coming into the league? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's possible. The two years, $97 million is, like, ridiculous. I think that's a possibility, and then that still yeah. leaves him able to opt out and go wherever Bronny goes at that point in time. Um, I also think he's he's going to be he's no in no rush to sign this extension. He wants to put pressure on the Lakers to get Kyrie Irving. Still, I don't think it's done right away. Although you know, there's been reports from Mark Stein that he loves Los Angeles. His family loves Los Angeles. I was yep. under the impression when he signed in 2018 he'd be the Lake, a Laker for the rest of his career. I still think that's going to happen. I think at some point the Lakers yep. will draft Bronny as well, higher than they should. Maybe with one of those pick swaps in 24 at like 27th overall or something. 
there's a good question right there. I've seen Bronny play a lot, and he, he's a he's a good player. He'd be a good solid college player. There were five guys on his team at Sierra Canyon better than he was last year. He wasn't one of the top five guys on his own team. Um, I, but that you just brought up a good point. If LeBron is still playing at the same level two years from now, and who's to say he couldn't be? He's still great, and he had a tremendous season last year. Would some team with a chance to get LeBron? You know, take take Bronny in the lottery when he's really right now he's at best a second round pick. Uh, well, would somebody move up to take him in the lottery to get LeBron as a package deal? Maybe think, the Lakers. I think a lot of teams would, but I don't think they do because LeBron will be thirty nine, turning forty at the time. Yep. I don't think they do unless they want to make so much money from having LeBron as the face of their organization for one year, which they would. Then maybe they wouldn't be opposed, but that's like, I mean, unless Bronny. It gets so much better. I think he's a fringe first round prospect right now. Bryce is six six though. Right I also now. yeah, I also think it depends on the franchise, right? It depends on the Bryce is good. Yeah, no, Bryce, Bryce is, is really great. good. Yeah. He's six foot six yeah. at fifteen. Taller yeah. than LeBron was at he's fifteen. A better, by the way. He's a better prospect than Bronny in my Be- better shooter too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But I I also again I think it depends on the franchise, right? Like I think, you know, if you have like a I just want to put butts in the seats kind of franchise, then sure, like maybe they, and they have those picks and they have that ability to do that. I think that's that those teams are like extinct. Otherwise, Westbrook would be on a team like the Pacers or Pistons trying to put, you know, or Thunder put like butts in the seats, yeah, right? Yeah, but Westbrook's not. I mean, a, not yeah, Ron, Ronnie's only six. Ronnie's only six two, and he's not yeah. an off the charts great athlete. Um, but you know, I'm a former high school coach, and I, to be fair to Bronny, I've seen kids between their junior and senior years make incredible leaps. Guys who are marginal prospects turn into NBA caliber players. So let, let's see how he does this year and how hard he works on Well, his just, look, just look at Dariq Whitehead last year in Montverde. I mean, he was a role player and they turned into a star player. Now he's going to be at Duke, right? So that could happen with Bronny. I think he's a late bloomer. He'll get better. But I still think, I don't think teams would, would you know, go up higher to get him, like much higher to get him for LeBron. But would he, uh, wouldn't he also develop in college as well? Like, I mean, if you like took him out outside of yeah. high school and then like put him in college and gave him that one year or maybe even two years to develop? He's not going to stay more than one year in college. And LeBron and yeah, him have a plan. And he might go to Ignite or the G League for a year. Who knows if he'll even go to college. He might play overseas, right. maybe in Australia for a year. Who knows? Right. Who knows what they have planned for him. Have you guys ever seen Sierra Canyon play in person, by the way? Yeah. Um, yes. They, they could beat probably half the teams in the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't believe they people are still in the upper half. People are still sleeping on Amari Bailey, too. I can't believe he's not even seen as a top five or ten draft prospect next year with his ability to play defense, get to the rim, and shoot. Is that also I saw him play when he was a freshman in high school, and I said, there's an NBA point guard right there when I saw him that night. Well, right I, now, I was saying his junior year, yeah. he could average ten points in, in the association. Absolutely, no Dave, doubt about it. Dave, is that also maybe because he's surrounded by such ridiculous no. talent? No, because the senior year there was a drop off. You know, he 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 had showed everything his junior year, and yes, it helps that he has talent around him. But just wait when he's at UCLA. I mean, there's an there's an argument. You know, he won't. He, it's a different system. You know, he'll have to prioritize defense, but we'll see. Amari's going to have a good year at UCLA. I mean, that's why a there, there's, a, there's a lot of players in the NBA coming out of Sierra Canyon now. Uh, there, there's probably around 10 oh, last they're year. A it's amazing, the pipeline. Oh, they are a factory over there. That Marvin Bagley, a legend I for in, a year. 
Bad I live in Chatsworth. I, I, I live in Chatsworth. I could walk to uh, Sierra Canyon, and it's um nobody. I mean, they're winning national championships and state championships. There's no parades. Uh, if this were Chatsworth High, they'd be having a parade down Devon Boulevard, but nobody cares in town. And I talk to my neighbors, and every you know, what they're not even aware <laughs> what they won what who. Yeah, and aren't they also? I think going- it's because. The, I think it's because they're all mercenaries, and they bring yeah. them in from all over the country, and none of, none of the kids are from Chatsworth, and they recruit, and they don't have any connection to the city. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thanks, Dave. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.